Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever this finds you. Welcome to Letters from Emery. This episode, I'm going to be diving into the one topic I'm sure oh so many of you are interested in. What the hell is Letters from Emery? And I'm just going to go off the cuff here and off script, just totally tell you the origins beginning, middle, and end of where Letters from Emory came from, and how we have arrived here today, and where it is headed in the future. So, um, buckle up, I suppose. First of all, I wanted to talk about how Letters from Emory started, you know, where the name came from, and how the idea really came about. So, um, so you all know, where the the name Emery comes from, that's actually my middle name, Emery, Keaton Emery Gabler. And the middle name actually comes from my great-grandfather, who was also a writer and a journalist um, and a fantastic one as well. A very Clark Kent-looking motherfucker, too. <laughs> very handsome motherfucker. Um, but anyway... Uh, so I share sort of the roots in writing with him. And I just remember growing up as a kid, you know, going out to visit him. And, you know, at one point he owned a lot of the real estate in Aspen, Colorado. And he was very much a big shot and used to travel around and do um, journalism all over the place. He actually spoke fluent Spanish, um, even for a gringo. And, um, yeah, he was quite a stud. And so... Just growing up, I remember hanging out with him quite a lot, and both had the the same middle name. And after a while, uh, he eventually developed, essentially, you know, Alzheimer's and lost a lot of his memory. I remember going out to visit him, and he didn't really remember who I was, even though he was talking about me like he did. <laughs> um, and anyway, um, that's sort of where I get the name from. It's my great grandfather. Uh, we both share the the same middle name, but. Beyond that, I, um, I've i been using the pen name Emery for a little while, um, just for, for my poetry and for other, you know, works of writing that I've done. And it's just a pen name that, that I find really valuable and, and meaningful and something that I want to carry on as well. So that's, that's where the, the name comes from. As far as the mission, though, that is a whole other story. And that starts 2019. I was fresh out of college. I was working in the electrical business. And so I was basically an electrical designer. So what I would do is I would go out to these different electrical circuits. And uh, <laughs> I was a classic, you know, yellow vest, hard hat, clipboard in hand, sort of, sort of, you know, employee, and I would go out and I would inventory various electric circuits um, in Southern California. So I would go out and, you know, just the, the electric poles you'd see on the side of the road, I would go out and inventory exactly what is on that pole for anywhere from 20 to 50 poles in a row, sometimes more for bigger projects. And uh, the, the end story of that is basically I would be stuck out in the desert for long periods of time. And, uh, you know, at, at first I was one of the, uh, well, I was the very first employee at that company. 
fresh out of college. And so that was really exciting. And then within one year, we took it past over a million dollars ARR. And so we were we were doing really well after a year. And and, um, I was one of the I mean, I was the first employee. And then I was one of the leaders of that company after a year. And it was really exciting, for sure. Being fresh out of college, I felt super, you know, accomplished, at least to to, to be starting there. Uh, I knew that wasn't where I was, where my heart was. It wasn't where I wanted to end up eventually. But for, for starting out fresh out of college, I was pretty, pretty stoked to be there uh, and to be starting that company and growing it so fast. And, you know, when I was working at that company, the first year, it took a lot of effort to really get things off the ground. And we had an we had an office in an apartment building in Orange, California, and we weren't supposed to have an office there. We started off in a garage, then we moved to the dining room, then we moved to a to an apartment in Orange, California. And uh, boy, I mean, yeah, we weren't supposed to have that office there, but we went for it anyway. And I found myself in that office, you know, at least once a month for at least a 48 hour day and then once we got about six months into the project i was there for 72 hour days at least once a month for about four months running so just to put that into perspective like i was fresh out of college had started this new job first employee you know we we really started growing it i became more of a manager and i was i was working there um, out of an, you know, out of a, an apartment office, 48 hours, no sleep, just grinding for, you know, a few months out of the first six. And then the next six had 72 hour days and I'm talking no sleep. Like I'm not, I'm really not exaggerating and I'm not, I'm not talking shit. I'm not making this up. Like we actually stayed up three hour or three days straight, no sleep for, for the second six months that I worked there basically. And, um, and that just sets up the whole next part of the story. And this is where I really had sort of my, my coming to God moment. And what really, I think launched me ultimately into creating letters from memory. So in one of my electrical jobs, I was, I had a overtime job that was tasked to me. And a lot of times these overtime jobs would pay you, you know, three to 5,000 bucks over the course of like two weekends. So it was great money to do some of these overtime jobs. And, and as sort of like a manager for the company, I had a great opportunity to, uh, to seize a lot of those. And, you know, being fresh out of college, I was like, well, fuck yeah, sign me up, you know. Um, so I took an overtime job in, where the hell was this? I think it was called Bear Valley, which is north of San Bernardino, about three hours. And I lived in South Pasadena at the time. So I took that job and we needed to field, um, basically inventory. We needed to field about, I don't know, it was like, it was like 75 to 100 poles or something like that in like a weekend. 
Um, and as, as a manager, I basically had my own section. So I was out there, I was driving out there. I think it was a total drive for me of like five and a half hour drive to get out there by myself. And I was supposed to be there the entire weekend, basically by myself. And then the only place that we had to reconvene was the hotel. And a hotel was also in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. Uh, but long story short, I was supposed to be there, you know, pretty much by myself for the weekend. And so, um, God, this gets a little emotional for me. This part of my life is just really rough. Uh, at this part of my life, just to give you some context, I was, I was pretty, I was pretty down and out after about eight months of doing the electrical design work. I was, sorry. Yeah, I was, I was pretty down and out. I was really sleep deprived. I was really alone, <laughs> pretty depressed. And uh, I didn't see a lot of light out at the end of the tunnel, to be quite honest with you. I was, I was just really in it. And I think a lot of that just had to do with my environment. And um, I just, I didn't know at the time how to deal with my internal conflict. And uh, that's all to say, I just wasn't doing so well mentally at this time in my life. And anyway, so I started that drive at like 5.30 in the morning I was about a five and a half hour drive by myself and uh, about three hours into the drive, something just really came over me. And it's a feeling that I'll never know how to explain to anybody else except those who, who just intuitively know what I'm talking about. But a few hours into the drive, I just had this overwhelming feeling come over me that that, that day was going to be my last one. And I, I'm, I, by this, I don't mean that I was suicidal. I don't mean that I was thinking about driving my car off the side of the road. Like I... All I mean by that is I had this overwhelming feeling rush over me like a waterfall. Like that was going to be my last day. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know why I felt that way. And I tried to keep dissecting it and, you know, peeling back like, well, maybe it's just because I'm sleep deprived and maybe I'm just, you know, hungry and maybe I'm just in a bad mood. But it's just this feeling kept coming back and back and back again. And by the end of the day, I was just fully convinced because this feeling just kept coming back over me over and over and over again that that was going to be my last day. And by the end of the day, I was utterly convinced. And what really convinced, like sort of pushed me over the edge for that whole night was I was, I was pulling up to the hotel finally after a long day of work. And uh, this was a hotel in the middle of nowhere. It's pitch black outside. And on my way to the hotel, it was really foggy outside. And this is a, a two lane highway. 
you know, one lane going the other way, one way, one lane going my way. And uh, it's super foggy. I could barely see. So to put your brights on, it actually makes it worse. And so I just had my regular lights on. I was going like 35 miles an hour down this highway and it was super foggy, really cold outside. I was absolutely exhausted, sleep deprived. And out of nowhere, this owl flies across my windshield. I kid you not, like seven feet in front of my windshield. As sleep deprived and tired and delirious as I thought I was, that owl, I know for a fact was real. It was not a figment of my imagination. And the significance of that was that the owl flew across my windshield at the very moment that the feeling that I referenced earlier had rushed over me again. That feeling of like, this is it. This is your, this is the last stretch of highway you'll ever drive. This is the last bed that you'll ever lay in. This is the last night that you'll have. Tomorrow morning is the last one that you're going to have. And I just feel like in that moment, I remember feeling like that owl was just confirmation of just like the messenger of death for me. And so at this point in my journey, I was utterly convinced, utterly convinced that okay, maybe, maybe God is really trying to prepare me right now for the end of my life. And again, like I'll reiterate, I, I was not suicidal. I was not prepared to drive myself off the road or anything like that. I was, this all really happened. And it was just like this inexplicable feeling followed by this messenger of death. And, um, I mean, at, at this point in my life and, and before, you know, I've been a big believer in omens and signs. I think that that is how God, uh, for me at least, has has spoken to me. And that's omens and signs have been how he has answered my prayers. And so that's all to say that at this point in the night, I was utterly convinced that that was it for me. And, uh, and so... All of these thoughts started to rush through my head, like, well, okay, if this is it, then, you know, I haven't told my mom and dad how I feel about them truly in at least a week, you know, maybe more, probably more than that at the rate that I was working. I haven't told my mom and dad how I truly feel about them. There's so much more that I wish I could say, like, there's so much more that I wish I could say to my sister and my brother and some of my best friends, like there's just so much more that I wish I would have said. And I wish there was, and I, there's so much more that I wish I would have done. But the main thing that came across my mind is like, there, there are so many people in my life that I'm not a hundred percent sure know exactly how I feel about them. And that I'm not a hundred percent sure know exactly what my wishes are for them in their life. And like, if I were to die tomorrow, which at this point in the journey, I really felt like I was going to. They would have never known how I felt about them, my favorite memories with them, you know, my greatest wishes for them. And so 
I, uh, I just remember sobbing in my car, driving to the hotel, thinking that this is going to be my last night and I'm never going to be able to tell all the people that I loved how I actually felt about them. And so I got the hotel, I got to the hotel and I still have a picture and I'll, I'll post a picture up with this letter. But I sat in this big red chair in the lobby of that hotel for about three hours. And all I did was I wrote a letter to everybody that I loved explaining exactly those three things, how I felt about them in the moment, some of my favorite memories with them, and all of my greatest wishes for them in the future. And I wrote a letter to probably, I don't know, 20, about 20 people. And I stayed up until two in the morning just writing those letters and I still didn't finish every single one of them because I was just at some point I just got so exhausted. And then I cashed it in for the night and I just remember like kneeling at my bedside at the hotel and just prayed to God. I just said, I hope that everybody that I love gets the letter that I wrote them and I hope that they know beyond the words that I got the chance to express. I hope that they, they know in their heart how I feel about them, how I felt about them. I hope they see in their heart the memories that we share together and I hope that they feel in their heart everything that I wish for them in the future. And uh, luckily enough, I was able to go to sleep at like 3 a.m. I had to wake up at 6, so I had about three hours of sleep. And I had my letters written and I had my prayer sent to God. And You know, at that point, I guess I was pretty much ready to die. To be completely honest, I I was pretty much ready to die at that point. And I, I'm, again, I'm not saying that I was suicidal or anything like that, but I was I was all shored up like my like my letter was supposed to be. I was all shored up. Everyone that I that I knew and loved at that point in my life, I had written a letter to and I had prayed about and I had settled my scores with God for myself and for everything that I'd accomplished in life and had given him my thanks for everything that he helped me accomplish and all the blessings that he that he bestowed upon me throughout my life. And I woke up and I was, I was just ready, ready to go. At, at 20, I guess 22. I was ready to go. And um, so off I went into the day. And I just, I can't tell you how many times I thought I was going to die throughout the day. Seriously. Like, there was, I mean, in electrical design, I was stomping around in the mountains, in the middle of nowhere, chasing electrical wire for miles and miles. And so, like, in the middle of the mountains, nowhere, no one around. I had my partner with me that day, um, but normally my partner was in the car about two or three hundred yards away, and and I'm out in the field actually um, taking inventory. And just multiple times throughout the day, I heard a a twig crack in the distance, or I heard these stallions running off into the pasture, and uh, 
just multiple times throughout the day. I thought for sure that was it. And the crazy thing was, it just never happened. It never fucking happened. And I got, I remember getting to the end of the day, it was like 6.30 p.m. and we had our team meeting back at the hotel. And I was just, like my bosses kept asking me, like, are you good to go tomorrow? And I was like, honestly, I need to go home. Like, I'm just done, I can't. And it wasn't because I, I couldn't work anymore, but it was just because I knew, I was so confused because I felt the hand of God on my shoulder ready to bring me home to the kingdom like i was that close i felt to to having my last day on earth and it never happened and so i was just so confused in the most profound and spiritual and deep way that i i've just never experienced before and on my drive home, I just remember thinking like, A, why didn't it happen? Because I was so convinced that it was going to happen. And I I felt like I was only convinced that it was going to happen by every other means than by my own thinking. And by that, I mean, I was convinced that it was going to happen because of all of the feelings that I experienced that I felt were outside of myself that were not my own thinking, like I know a lot of people, you know, and a lot of people have this experience where they, where they have mainly it's just fear of death, like they just have this innate fear of death. I think we all have an innate fear of death. And we have it every day when we're driving in traffic, like, oh, holy shit, I almost just died. Um, like, that's one thing. But I, I felt like I had this experience, which I've never felt before, which was no, it's not that I might die today. It's like, the, like, this is my last day. This is it. And so I was just so confused. And then I think at some point later on in the drive, I just sort of came to this realization that, that God put this experience in my life for a reason. And I have no idea, well, at the time I said, I have no idea what that reason is, why he put that experience in my life. Like, why bring me to the brink of death and then bring me back. And um, that's honest to God where Letters from Emory comes in. Letters from Emory is the answer to that question. Why bring me to the brink of death and then back again? Letters from memory is that. It's the reason that I'm back. And so letters from memory, by definition, is every letter that I could possibly write to those I love to those I know and to those I don't know yet, to the world at large. It's every letter that I could possibly write 
to try and leave the world a better place than I would had I not written them, essentially. Letters from Memory is a regular catalog of all the letters that I would want to leave the world with if I were to die tomorrow. That's essentially what it is. Because I know what it feels like to feel like today is your last day. And I know what it feels like to to feel like you didn't get to say everything that you wanted to to the people that you love the most. And I know what it feels like to wonder to wonder what if they knew exactly what I wanted to say to them or at least not exactly but what if they knew at least a fraction of what I wanted to say to them the most important things that I wanted to say to them that is what letters from emory is it is my regular message to the world my regular letter to those that I love most, my regular letter to those that I have yet to meet and may never meet, because if I died tomorrow, then at least they would have these letters. And that is what Letters from Emory is. It is the culmination of my history, my great-grandfather's legacy, and my story, my near-death story, and the fact that basically since that day, everything else is extra. And I have, every day I have a new chance to write a new letter to everyone I know, everyone I don't know, everyone I love. And it's Letters from Emory is my chance. It's my daily at-bat to say all the things that I want to say from the bottom of my heart. And ultimately, it's, it's what I want to say that I hope will make the world a better place. But, but that's, that's really it. That's sort of the story of Letters from Emory. It's, it's not some ploy to... This is not some ploy. It's it's the culmination of all my life experience and all my family history and into one. And it's the most it's the project that I've been most passionate to start for the longest time. And it's the project that's brought me the most fulfillment and peace in my life. And ultimately I'm just so grateful to to have finally found this outlet for for all of the experience that I've that I've had so far and granted I'm young but I mean I'm really grateful to have found this outlet and I think ultimately you know everything that that happened to me that near-death experience and everything is has led to a project that I think could have the, the greatest impact on the world for the experience that I've had because 
because it is the, the deepest thing that I could write to the world on a daily basis is my last letter to the world. That's the deepest thing that I could possibly write is if I had this last day to write something to the world, what would I say? That is Letters from Emory. And what an honor and a blessing to have that, that potential at least. And every letter is not gonna be amazing and perfect and every letter is not gonna strike a chord with everybody and, and every letter is not gonna be the best thing that I ever wrote. But every letter at the end of the day is a chance for me to try and be of the utmost service to whoever will read it. And that, that's all that really matters to me. These letters are not really for me. They're really not. They're for you, for whoever's listening, for whoever's reading. These letters are for you. And... And I, I knew that from the day I wrote my first one. And I will continue that until the day I write my last. These letters are all for you. This is, this is God's mission for me, I feel. So, uh, with that, I know that was pretty deep. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, but honestly, I'm really just grateful to, to, you know, like uncut and raw share my experience with you and, and the journey and birth of Letters from Memory. And um, as far as where it's going, I mean, you can expect a lot of the same. I'm just going to continue writing what will essentially be my regular letter to the world or to the people that I love or to the people that I haven't even met yet that I will love. Um that is letters from memory. And uh, I'm going to continue writing these letters. Uh, eventually, I'm going to turn them probably into a book. Uh, I'm going to create at some point a uh, Facebook or Discord group. I can't wait to listen back to this in like five years and be like, God damn, dude, you're such a... <laughs> you had no idea what was coming. But anyway... Um, at some point here soon, I'm going to create, you know, a Discord or a Facebook group so we can actually have a, you know, real connection between all of us who, who read the letters and we can have some deep, meaningful conversations. And, um, and yeah, eventually, I'd, you know, I'd love to turn this into a book. Uh, I'd love to create some poetry out of, out of the things that I write. So there'll be a book of poetry and, a, and, and an actual long form book. I guess you could call it a self-development book, but we'll see. And uh, obviously you have the podcast. That's how you're listening to it now. And we'll see what happens from there. But um, but yeah, that's my story. That is Letters from Memory. That's where it started from the very beginning and how we've arrived here and where we're going. So... I just want to say thank you all so much for listening. I hope that, you know, in one way or another, maybe that story resonated with you. And, and if not that story, I hope one of these letters to come resonates with you. And again, I just want to say thank you so much for, for listening, for reading, for being a part of the community. This is ultimately, you know, a, a project that I want to turn into my, my life's work. And I just want to thank you for being a part of it.
So again, all these letters are, are written for you. And so if you ever, you know, if there's ever a topic that you want to hear about, if there's ever like a question that you have rattling around in your brain, or, or maybe just a conversation that you want to have, um, please reach out to me. If you're receiving this by, by email, you can always reply to the emails and I'll reply to every single one. Um, you know, if you're, if you found this through social media, obviously, please, please reach out on social. I'm more than happy to, to strike up a conversation and, and just talk with you and answer, answer any questions that you have, or, or just be that, that shoulder that you need to either cry on or that, or that person that you just need to have a genuine conversation with. Uh, that's what Letters from Memory is all about. And that's what I want this community to be all about. So um, I want this to be more than me just writing to you. I want you to write back. And so I guess I'll leave you with that. Thank you so much for, for all your time and attention. And uh, ultimately, I just wish you the best. And I, I hope one of these letters strikes, strikes a chord with you. And um, I hope more than anything that, that you write back too, even if it's just, uh, you know, just write back and tell me how you're doing or, you know, strike up a conversation. That's that's all Letters from Memory is about. It's not me just preaching to you all this, you know, all this stuff. It's it's supposed to be a dialogue and a conversation. And so that's what I want it to be ultimately. Um, but thank you guys again for listening. I'll leave you with that. If you found this, you know, valuable, insightful, impactful, please give it a share. It means a lot to the channel. It means a lot to the project. And, and hopefully someone out there will, will find some use for it. Um, and maybe might make their life a little bit better. So thanks again. I love you guys. And uh, I'll catch you on the next episode. Emery, out.